Welcome to the 23 Minutes in Hell podcast. Author and speaker Bill Weiss and his wife Annette address the many questions we all have about hell and eternity. Bill and Annette believe the subject of hell shouldn't grip us with fear, but instead, it should inspire us to use our time on earth wisely. Thank you for joining my wife and I. Today, we are discussing the spirit of fear. Is fear ruining your life and your health? Is it driving you to make unwise, hasty decisions? Is it keeping you from meaningful relationships? Today, you will receive answers to these questions and more. God's Word has the answer. It will take the time to read, study, and obey it. That's right. You know, people tend to think having a little fear is healthy. Well, we know fear can be real or imagined, and it can produce a strong physical reaction within our body. Fear is a distressing emotion caused by a real or perceived threat or danger. It's a vital response to escape or avoid evil and harm. Now, it can affect us physically, as Job 4.14 states, Fear came upon me and trembling, which made all my bones to shake. That's interesting. You know, but have you ever considered the negative side to fear? The Bible calls fear a spirit. It's a demonic spirit. It can torment your mind and influence a person to behave uh, illogical and even in harmful ways toward themselves or others. It eventually will affect our health and can invite disease into our bodies. Mm, that's a good point, Bill. It, it, it can. It does in a lot of people. It's a root of a lot of disease and illness, mental and physical. It is such a strong emotion. It really is. You know, and we're getting towards the end of the year, and I know a lot of people like to make goals and things like that, Bill, but, you know, can you imagine as a believer how our life might be different if we were really vigilant against fear? That's right. And we were, you know, uh, making it like an aim and a quest to walk in love and resist fear. Just exactly. for the new year, just doing that one thing. That I mean, would be powerful. That would be full-time, right? Would accomplish a lot, Yeah, though. It would. And But anyways, you know, I think all of us, too, need to consider, especially as believers, have we considered that worry, anxiety, panic, and dread are all different intensities or levels of fear? And Proverbs 12.25 is interesting. It says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. So the Bible clearly states what is behind depression. That's quite a statement. Yes, it is. Fear is the root or contributing cause of many mental and physical ailments, according to the word of God. And if you do not value God's word in your life, you'll merely dismiss this scripture, but it won't change, you know, the effects of fear. Uh, you know, and now Bill and I are not medical professionals nor giving you medical advice. And we know in some instances there may be a chemical imbalance in people, but it is still important to examine ourselves and be honest before God. Some use this reason as an excuse rather than receiving proper medical tests to determine if it really is a true chemical imbalance. And many imbalances in our bodies can be corrected with correct knowledge and a change in our diet and lifestyle. That's right. You know, however, if you are a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, we encourage you to seek the Lord, do a biblical study on fear, renew your thinking with God's promises, receive his direction, and stand against any fear in your life. You know, throughout the scriptures, we are commanded to fear not. 
Philippians 4, 6 tells us what to do. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition or definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. The only fear we are to have is the fear of the Lord, a healthy reverential respect, all and fear of Almighty God, which means we obey Him. And that's in Acts 9.31, Romans 11.20, Luke 12.4 and 5, and many others. You know, since Jesus is called the Word of God, that includes a great respect, honor, and obedience to His Word. God even puts His Word above His own name in Psalms 138.2. That's excellent. You know, I love that scripture. And, you know, we have to be really intentional. When you read that verse in Philippians 4.6, I mean, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Right, anything. I mean, that that right there is going to be something we've got to contend with and be aware of each day, you know, of resisting that. And a lot of times, Bill, people have a fear of the future. And that's what's directing them in decisions, um, including believers. Now, I know we must be prudent and see ahead and plan accordingly, but we are to be led by the Holy Spirit and not fearful thoughts that may or may not happen in the future. Exactly. You know, Jesus instructs us in Matthew 6, 25 and 26. He says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Now this means we are to trust our loving heavenly Father to supply the things we need. We are to ask Him, trust He heard our prayers, and thank Him as we follow His direction. You know, whether... It is with our career, our health, our material needs, our marriage, or any other area of our lives, we are to trust him. So true. You know, Bill, and the world tells us um, that we are not a good parent if we are not worrying about our children. That's right. You hear that all the time. It's so true. And I think people just get trained or conditioned sometimes to worry. And, you know, we may be deeply concerned over our child's actions and behavior, but we are not called to worry. Instead, we are instructed to pray for them fervently, if need be, trusting and thanking God for bringing them to repentance and back to their senses. Worrying helps no one. That's right. And, you know, and that reminds me, Bill, of a time where I was on our computer, this was years ago, and I was, um, you know, reading a lot of news. There were a lot of bad things happening in the world, and which there is now, and I was just feeding too much on it. And I literally sitting there in front of the computer, I just felt all of a sudden this fear, this overwhelming uh, fear. My heart actually started racing. I felt a little sweaty. I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm having a, you know, I'm having a heart attack or something. Something's wrong. And then you walked in the door and I said, "Hun, can you pray for me and take authority over fear? you know, and just cast out fear first, you know, over me. I wanted to, because it was a strange feeling. I wanted to make sure this was not just something spiritual because of, you know, feeding on fearful news, right? Right. So you prayed for me and you took authority. You cast out the spirit of fear. And I just remember a release and feeling like a relief. And my, even my physical symptoms started to go away. Right, exactly. It was definitely a spirit 
that that was affecting me physically. Right, cause your heart to race and everything and sweat and all that. That's an that's a real thing. It's a spirit of fear. Yes, and you know I'm not saying maybe somebody could be having a heart attack out there. So you do it, you know, as as you feel led. But I just was, you know, how sometimes you just have a sense of this is demonic, you know. And um, Proverbs 4.23 says to guard our heart above all else because it determines the course of our life. And Philippians 4.8 tells us to meditate on what is good and true and noble and trustworthy and praiseworthy and so forth. And I was not doing that. I was not obeying these verses. So I had to repent to the Lord. We really do have to guard our heart, what goes into our heart, because we're letting in things like that that can invite the spirit of fear. Yes, and I believe I repented first, and then you prayed for me, and then I had that breakthrough. Right, we bound that devil, the spirit mm-hmm. of fear, and cast him out. Yes, yeah, just something I wanted to share. Or cast him off of you. Anyway, you know, talking about fear, you know, hell is loaded with demonic spirits and total fear. Now, during my 23 minutes in hell experience that God had given me, this vision God gave me of hell, uh, the level of fear I encountered overwhelm me. Now, the Bible tells us that fear is an evil spirit, as 2 Timothy 1, 7 states. It is not merely an emotion. The fear level is so far beyond anything you could possibly imagine in hell uh, because it's full of demons, like I said. And, uh, you know, Psalm 73, 18 and 19 says, you cast them down into destruction where they are utterly consumed with terror. And this Terror consumes you for all eternity in hell. Now, I can't begin to express the terror and the fear that consume me in hell. Uh, You know, I have mentioned on numerous occasions how everything good comes from God, including his love, which casts out all fear. Well, there is no hint of God or his love in hell. And when I share about my 23 minutes in hell experience, I also mentioned being uh, attacked by a shark when I was younger, when I was 17 years old. I was attacked by a tiger shark. Well, while surfing, a shark pulled me down underneath the water. Now, this was absolutely terrifying, and yet it paled in comparison to the fear you will feel in hell. And, um, you know, many don't realize that there is no hint of God or his love in hell. Therefore, there is nothing to combat the fear and tormenting emotions that exist in hell. There is no comfort Uh, no good memories, and no assurance of hope to ever escape hell. You know, as we mentioned earlier, the Bible tells us, do not fear or fear not. And it says it hundreds of times throughout its pages. And we just want to give you a few of these verses. You know, Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, this was often told to Israel and the nation's leaders during war against their enemies, not to fear. So God's telling him, do not fear, even though you're facing possible death, right? Right, exactly. And Psalms 46.2 also says, therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth is removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. So even here again, with severe destruction upon the earth, believers can look up and see their redemption draws near, as the Bible says. So the Christian is not to fear death, right? Right. right. I've heard some uh, ministers explain, you know, death for the Christian. It's like taking off a glove off of your hand, you know, like it's... Mm -hmm. 
Um, I'm not saying some people can't suffer and be in pain because of cancer or horrible things, but um, it's to be, you know, viewed so differently than the unbeliever, of course, would view death. And um, Romans 8, 14 and 15 says, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So note how fear brings bondage to people and can actually paralyze them from making a decision by tormenting their mind. Oh, so true. You know, this is an interesting verse. Uh, Fear is also contagious. In Deuteronomy 20, verse 8, it says, The officers shall speak further to the people and say, What man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. Now, this was talking about when Israel went up against its enemies, they normally were way outnumbered. And so, uh, in this case especially, so the officer said, you know, if you're going to fear from seeing all these numbers against us, go home. Because we don't want that fear to jump off onto the other, to transfer onto the other men. Yes, to contaminate them. Right. They needed to go to battle with confidence that God was going to deliver them. But the people that are fearful, that would influence them. Yeah, so true. That is an interesting verse. And Bill, we know the wicked and the ungodly live in fear. And Deuteronomy 28, 66 through 67 says, and this is about the wicked or ungodly, your life shall hang in doubt before you. You shall fear day and night and have no assurance of life. In the morning you shall say, oh, that it were evening. And in the evening you shall say, oh, that it were morning. Because of the fear that terrifies your heart and because of the sight which your eyes see. So isn't this how a depressed person reacts? Exactly. I mean, they want to sleep all the time. They want to escape reality, possibly by medicating themselves with drugs, alcohol, sex, entertainment, and so forth. So true. You know, Proverbs 15, 15 says, All the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings. But he who has a glad heart has a continual feast, regardless of circumstances. Now, only a Christian can experience joy and peace in the midst of difficulties and trials. And that's interesting, Bill. The Bible says their days are made evil, and that's by fear, fearful thoughts. Right. So their whole day is is evil. It's terrible. Hebrews 2.15 says, And deliver them through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. There are many who fear death all their life. Now, when people say they have a fear of spiders or of flying in an airplane or of a fear of heights, what they are really saying is, I have a fear a poisonous spider will bite me and I'll die. Or the plane will crash and I will die. Or I will fall from this high place and I will die. That's what they're saying. They're fearing the death. That's so true. All these phobias people have and they make excuses for kind of keeping them, managing them and nurturing them. Right. It's really a fear of death. And it's interesting, too, that fear comes from outside us, um, as Psalms 31.13 says. So it's not coming from within us. It's coming from outside us. And And this psalm says, this is David speaking, For I hear the slander of many. Fear is on every side. While they take counsel together against me, they scheme to take away my life. So here in this verse, David describes it as something he experiences all around him. And that's why the Bible tells us fear is a demonic spirit. Right, it's around him. 
But, you know, Bill, even when facing death, look how David responds. And right. do you want to read those uh, yes. that other psalm? Psalm, or the- 30, psalm 31, 19 says, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you. So notice what David says. A few verses later, even when murderers are after him, he still expects God's protection and rescue despite a very real fear of death surrounding him. So it's his faith again. That's why it's important to exercise our faith muscles or our trust in God. But one of the ways we release that faith or trust is by what we say with our words. I mean, look what he said. He's releasing like praise to God and looking at God in the situation and not the problem. Right. God usually uh, to, to Israel would say, I will deliver you. I will rescue. I will fight for you. So David had faith in God's words saying, no. I won't be defeated. God is fighting for me. Exactly. And you know, that comes for us, that comes for the Christian when we are walking with the Lord and walking in his word and and endeavoring to obey him, then we have that confidence. We do. When we stay in his word, then it builds up that confidence in our heart because we read what he's, all his promises. And it's so exciting. You think, oh, God is for me. I can't fail. I don't need to fear anything. He's with me. Exactly. So take the word literally and apply it to your life. So to summarize this bill, we know fear is a demonic spirit. Right. We know secondly, since it is a spirit, we can even feel it around us or outside us. We know depression is connected to fear. Fear can negatively affect us physically, mentally, and emotionally. And therefore, of course, it affects our relationships and our decisions. Right. And there are different levels of fear, which is important to recognize, such as worry, anxiety, panic, and dread. That's so true. And fear can even be contagious. As you mentioned, being around fearful people or listening to fearful news or reports can make us anxious or worry. And many people's fears are really a fear of death. So it's important to recognize that as well. And God, lastly, of course, God commands his children not to fear. That's right. And I love 1 John 4, 18. It states that there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. And we know that God is that perfect love and his Holy Spirit is in us. So if we abide in him, if we really meditate on the scriptures too, that's to tell us how much God loves us and that we believe his love, um, then there should be no fear affecting us. So true. Fear brings torment and people need to realize where it's coming from. It's coming from the devil and that's who they need to deal with. Right. You know, Proverbs twenty nine twenty five says, the fear of man brings a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Now, if a person doesn't fear God, then they will fear something else. And fearing anything else is harmful to us. To live in fear is a sin. And fear robs us of God's peace and joy. It also prevents us from clearly receiving God's guidance and can even derail us from fulfilling God's plan for our life. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to leave us a rating or comment. We value your feedback. Stay in touch and learn more about this ministry by visiting us at soulchoiceministries.org.